0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Amanda Daniels, a podcaster, a personal banker, and director of the nonprofit group The Tech Homies. How's it going, Amanda?
1: It's going pretty well. How are you?
0: I'm I'm pretty good. If I recall your notes correctly, you are in Pontiac, Michigan.
1: Uh yes. So I'm in the Pontiac area. I work and live near Pontiac and I work in Pontiac right now. So, yep.
0: So, you're all Pontiac all the time?
1: Pretty much these days.
0: So, So, for people not from Michigan, uh, how far is Pontiac from Detroit?
1: So, it's going to be probably about 40 minutes. I think it's 40 minutes northwest. I'm pretty terrible with directions, but it's about it is about 40 minutes northwest of Detroit. Um, another big uh, milestone if anybody knows about like the silver dome that's where the silver dome is it's in pontiac
0: so yep i was trying to remember why i remembered pontiac it was the silver dome because
1: of the silver dome um yeah and
0: ann arbor is southeast of detroit isn't it
1: yep yep So so from yeah from okay so from pontiac you're probably about an hour that's an hour north of ann arbor So it's pretty, yeah, Ann Arbor and Detroit are pretty close together, but yeah, it's probably about a little over an hour from Ann Arbor, so.
0: Yeah, I I, Ann Arbor's where I lived until I was 12. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I started, started in Jackson. Have you ever been to Jackson, Michigan? I've
1: been past Jackson. Actually, no. I've been past Jackson. Really, that's all you. Times, that's all you but, can do
0: is go past Jackson.
1: Yes, on uh, my way <laughs> to Chicago, I go to I go through Jackson mostly. So it's all,
0: all I knew was that I was born there and then went back there later in my life to visit uh, as an adult and realized that there's not a lot there. I think my dad worked uh, at the GM testing grounds. Mm-hmm, I think it was. Yeah um but other than that it seems to be a lot of strip clubs and pawn shops
1: yeah um i <laughs> i haven't been that, that far down into jackson but that's what i've understood so yeah yeah so mm-hmm.
0: if anyone asks i just say i'm from ann arbor cuz i moved there when i was 3 so
1: yeah that's that's a good place to be from yeah and so my,
0: my grandma had a house for decades about a block from tiger stadium in inner inner city detroit
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome, too. Yeah. Go,
0: yeah. There, go there to visit. I remember everything being very gray and everyone boarding up their doors after dark. So,
1: Yeah, well, around there, it's starting to kind of perk up a little bit, so yeah. that's good. But, you know, I remember those days when I was, I was a little one as well. Um, but, you know, there are more things coming down to Detroit, so it's getting a little bit better, I think.
0: So have you been a Michigander your whole life?
1: Yes, I was born and raised. I went to, uh, let's see, I went to Central Michigan. My sister actually went to U of M, my sister and my brother-in-law, so I think we're mostly a Wolverine-type family, but I have lived in Michigan all my life, and it makes me happy here, so even the winter.
0: My parents graduated from Michigan State Oh and then moved to Ann Arbor, so they were Spartans fans amidst uh, all Wolverine fans.
1: That's got to be a tough, that's got to be interesting, Go Michigan, Michigan State time.
0: Yeah, my parents aren't sports people, so it never really affected us. Well, there you go. And by proxy, I was not a sports person, but yeah, there was some conflict there. Drama.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not really, not so much a sports person. My sister and my brother-in-law are very much so sports people, so it's fun (laughs) to listen to them, but I'm just like, yeah, central There you go. I do.
0: I enjoy watching sports with people who are into sports. Mm. It's fun to learn, I guess. And I actually know way more about sports than I ever let on. Um, Like, yeah, I know the rules of all the games. I don't follow teams. I couldn't tell you who's leading, but I can watch a game intelligently and know what's going on with just about any sport. Uh, Soccer, hockey, basketball, baseball, football.
1: Oh wow!
0: I can yeah. yeah I, I can't play any of them anymore, but
1: that's pretty awesome. I <laughs> could play a little bit of little bit of softball, little bit of basketball. That's about it. I was not an not all-star
0: softball pitcher back in Michigan. They what? had fast-pitch softball, and they let boys play.
1: Yep, yep I recall. Yep, yeah. that's awesome. I I was nothing like that. I was pretty bad <laughs> with softball. I, I was just the one that always got like hit in the head and whatnot. It was pretty interesting. But yeah, but it was fun nevertheless, you know, so.
0: So uh, aside from personal banking, uh, which is kind of your day job, you do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Kind of what all are you involved in in the Pontiac area right now?
1: So, right now, we are working to build a t- uh, tech lab in Pontiac. Um, we're working with a lot of really awesome companies, and um, I actually just got or started working towards a Saturday, a program that happens on Saturdays um, starting in the fall where we get to teach, like, young people about, like, robotics and whatnot and play with little bits and, like, Kano computers and, like, stuff like that, right? So, that's the one thing I'm working on. On the other side, there's a podcast that's called the Pontiac Tribe. Uh, what that is, is basically just pe- we just various business owners in Pontiac and like, like various like influencers in Pontiac. They all, you know, kind of sit down and talk about the things that maybe most people don't know about Pontiac. And then I just randomly come in and just start talking about random Bits and tips and tricks with technology. I'm not sure how it all works out, but it works out pretty well so far. So that's good. Um, and then also down the line, we're going to start talking about how, you know, how you can set up a podcast and how you can make a podcast as well for various other communities in the, you know, Oakland County area and beyond. So we're kind of just doing a lot to reach out to as many people in the community as possible.
0: So nice. it's pretty
1: It's a lot of fun.
0: So it might be a term that only I'm not familiar with, but what exactly is a tech lab when you say that?
1: Right. So it's just, so I just kind of thought of it just randomly, but it's like not just computers and not just building projects, not just, you know, dealing with various things like, you know, programming and so on and so forth. It's just kind of a lab where you can kind of interact with all different kinds of technology, right? So we'll have the computers, we'll have, you know, the professional side building, dealing with programming for your career and dealing with programming to make something or make a new thing awesome, right? But then we'll also hope to have things where we can kind of interact with like, you know, not only robots, but virtual reality, just trying to fit all kinds of aspects of technology into one you know creative space is what we're going for right now so it's pretty cool
0: is it a, a free to the community kind of thing
1: Yes. So as of right now, there's going to be some programs where that that will have like a small fee. But for the most part, I think it'll be free to the community. So whoever wants to come in and learn about, you know, programming, they can come in and we'll work with them. And uh, whoever wants to kind of do things like setting up business, setting up businesses and things like that will they can come in and we'll work with them as well. So I think there, while there will be some aspects where there will be a small fee, it's for the most part going to be free to the community.
0: All right. That's sounds really cool. Um, Yeah. I'm
1: I'm, I'm excited.
0: And you are, you're making it as a nonprofit, uh, I guess, organization, right?
1: Yes. That's the plan. Um, I don't want to, I just want to help people, you know, so it's like trying to make a profit off of it. I don't, that's not necessarily my goal because I have, you know, I have a day job. I can work just fine with that. But this is kind of what I want to do just as an interest of mine, you know, back from my days at Radio Shack when I was helping people, you know, here and there, you know, but this way it's kind of helping as many people in a controlled
0: environment, if you will, so... So, I think it's just, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, but it's got to be a lot of work to get this started. How do you yes. find time while you still have a day job?
1: So I work very close to the area that I want to work. Do the non-profit, you know, work with the non-profit in. So I really just whatever time that I'm at work, obviously you're focusing on work. But the times away, like lunch time, things like that, it's like less than five minutes to downtown from where I work to downtown Pontiac, and it's less than like two minutes or so from various other places. So I just find the time outside of work to. You know, focus on the business or focus on the nonprofit and focus on, you know, the podcast and things like that. So it's been an interesting balance, but I'm finding, I'm slowly finding a way to make it all work.
0: Do you consider so, yourself an introvert or an extrovert?
1: I am, I'm pretty much an introvert, but just in general, I don't, I've spent a vast majority of my life in sales, as in like <laughs> interacting with people. And I can interact with people while I'm working or while I'm doing something professionally. But in my, in my, you know, spare time, I would rather just kind of be by myself and just kind of be peaceful that in was, my own world.
0: Yeah, as you describe this schedule that you are keeping and planning to keep, my first thought was, oh, man, where's the recharge time? I would need some downtime in there.
1: So my what I like to say, actually, a friend of mine, I was actually talking to her about this yesterday. Um, but so my birthday was yesterday. Of course, I was happy birthday. Out. Thank you. So but it was on since it was on a Sunday. That's really my day to just sit and be peaceful. Right. I don't really talk to anyone. I don't do as little as possible if I have to do a little bit of work. I might leave that to the very end of the day, but Sunday is just the day to just rejuvenate and just, you know, kind of center myself back before starting another week of craziness. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my regenerate type day, if you will. So,
0: yeah. So what, when you're regenerating, what do you do for fun?
1: I like to play checkers. With people, I'm, I'm kind of strange, but I play checkers, I
0: read. See, right there, your, your, your pastime is a social thing. I have trouble not believing ne- you survive as an introvert.
1: So, not necessarily, because it's <laughs> just, I play with my family, and I don't, you know, and that's it. Either I'm playing with my mom or playing with my dad, and that's about it. You know, I don't, maybe I have a little bit of of, you know, a social butterfly deep within, but I just either want to be with my family or just want to be with myself reading or you know doing whatever just to stay peaceful that's not if unusual
0: Introvert, introverts much, can yeah. recharge if they're in very small groups
1: right i can't i can't do it'll be i'm when i'm working or when i'm in professional mode that's one thing and i can be in groups but if i'm not in professional mode it's very hard for me to actually be in a group i 'll just be the quiet one to myself and yeah. just waiting for it all to be over basically so
0: so checkers, and what else did you say
1: uh, I like to do a little bit of reading. Um, what else do I do? I do mostly read and play checkers and probably do things like outside like yard work and so on and so forth, but it, just kind of just regular run in the mill tasks if you will and also kind of do a little bit of reading about like the various things like technology kind of like finding ways to make the you know things easier
0: sure. for me that's and actually for
1: everyone around
0: that actually is a good point how do, where what is your background you said radio shack but what's your background in tech that makes you so interested in sharing this
1: So it's, it's a very funny and very uh, peculiar story. So I applied or so out of school, I graduated with a degree in philosophy, but outside of or when I got out of school, I don't know why. It was really critical thinking, and I just couldn't think of anything else to gra- or anything else to major in. But it, philosophy was always interesting to me. But anyway, when I graduated, my first job, my first interview, if you will, was working at Radio, or was an interview for Radio Shack, a sales associate there. So I had my interview, and it went well moved on forward. And then I happened to be walking around my neighborhood and I dropped my phone down a storm drain, (laughs) which is just strange, but it definitely, it just like bounced into the storm drain. So before this point, I usually would always buy like free phones or what have you, you know, and I then decided I was going to actually research, you know, the next phone I would get because number one, it probably wasn't going to be free. That was nowhere near an upgrade. And number two, I was tired of getting the free phones. That just didn't work. So I did a little bit of research. From that point, when I started working at Radio Shack, I ran into a lot of people who, you know, were, you know, hobbyists, tech, you know, technology, excuse me, technology enthusiasts, and everywhere in between, you know, and learning from those people who would come in looking for resistors, looking for... Uh, diodes, looking for voltage regulators, things like that, and learning from the staff that I had, who all had, you know, various backgrounds in engineering and so on and so forth. You know, I picked up a lot of interest in technology. You know, a big part of it is when you work at Radio Shack, you were around computers, <laughs> you were around phones, you were around electronics, you were around Arduino. So I and was. And you're
0: around you nerds, know, yeah.
1: You know, yes, yeah, sure. But at the same time, I was around like a lot of people who were interested in the same things that I was interested in. So I had a lot of fun learning and nice. uh, making mistakes and setting things on fire by accident and all that good stuff. It was a good time. So I guess my uh, experience isn't necessarily like school based, although philosophy You have the ability to think outside the box. It was more so just kind of real world based, if you will. And um, I had the need that I had to help people and people who had the need to kind of learn more about the important products that they had in their life. It was kind of not a calling, but I guess for lack of a better term, a calling for me to just you know, keep going down that road and keep finding people to help with their computers, with their cell phones and so on and so forth.
0: So So. then would you say it's fair to say that what the Tech Homies is trying to recreate is the learning environment that you found at Radio Shack?
1: Yeah, in a sense, yes, because you don't have that so much. I mean, yes, you do have that in various places, but around where I live and from what I've seen and from people that I know, you don't have that as much. You don't have those centers that people can learn about how to transfer, you know, data off of their phone. You don't have those centers of people who just need someone to sit with them to set up their phone, you know? So it's just kind of like, I want to bring a little bit of that back, but maybe put my own little spin on, what I learned from Radio Shack, if you will. So,
0: So it's cool. it might have been before your time. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're almost a decade younger than me. But, like, for Mm -hmm. me, Radio Shack, before cellular phones existed, Radio Mm -hmm. Shack was the place you could go and you could say, hey, I want to hack a police scanner to pick up these frequencies or I want to build an electronic drum kit using piezo triggers and yeah the people there would dive in with you like it it eventually became radio shack always felt like a mobile phone uh like dealer and nobody there knew what any of the adapters did and then eventually all the adapters and cables started disappearing unless they plugged into a mobile phone but radio shack like the radio shack of my youth was a really cool – it was a place where I could go and just find people who wanted to figure stuff out with me.
1: Yeah. And so the places that I happened to be in, like the store that I – because I managed a store – um, not far from where I work now, but I managed a store there for about four or five years or so. And I had a lot of people, a lot of enthusiasts that were like, we want to work on on lightsabers. I remember this one guy always wanted to come in to build lightsabers. Well, obviously. And right. So then when I started out, I had no idea what he was talking about, but I was like, can you, well, can you show me something interesting? And all, a lot of customers, when you say, can you show me what you're talking about? <laughs> there would hours later and we'd still be figuring out what's going on right and so I although I always have have had the interest in the cell phones and so on so forth which that's fine you know but I picked up a lot of information about I always like to say at the front half of the store and the back half of the store the back half of the store would be like the the hobbyist side which is kind of sad in its own right because it was (laughs) like the back half however the Back half in the store became more and more interesting to me as the customers came in, showed me this, showed me that, showed me how to, I had a customer teach me how to, you know, or how to solder, although I did burn a couple holes in a couple desks doing that. You don't learn to solder
0: cool. without burning some holes.
1: Exactly. And, um, and some fingers. Yes, and I've burned many <laughs> holes and many fingers at my in my lifetime. But that being said, you know, then along the way, you would have customers or like they would see me and be like, oh, you have no idea what you're talking about with this cord or with this. And I said, actually, let me hook this up for you. And I would hook it up for the customer. And then that would be another kind of lesson and another kind of experience where I learned even more because they were like, oh, this person is not just only focus on phones and has no idea about the rest of the store, She actually might want to be, you know, what she doesn't know. She actually wants to learn. I said, yeah, because the back, you know, building stuff is interesting. Now, as far as hacking police scanners in my time, you, I don't you didn't see that as much. I did make a valiant effort to program a police scanner And it took me a very long time, and I am not good at programming police scanners whatsoever. But it didn't have too many people that I I ran into that were interested in that. But I guess my main point is, is while you had a lot of areas where associates, associates didn't bother to learn about the back half of the store, what made the stores around me and I store different is that what we didn't know, we wanted to try and learn. And we were around people who also wanted to try and, you know, actually, I was around associates who actually knew about resistors knew about, you know, everything like that. And um, they, they helped me become more interesting to the hobbyists in the in the store. So I was pretty grateful for having the staff that I had when I had said staff. So
0: I will uh, I will share this with you because it no longer works, so I'm not encouraging any ne'er-do-wells. But it used to be <laughs> you could, by basically shorting one circuit in uh, a standard police scanner, you could mm-hmm. then pick up the frequencies that the cab drivers used. And this is in an era when someone wanted to pay with a credit card the cab drivers would call it in over the radio to dispatch. Oh, no. full number uh, with expiration date, full name. And if you could tap into that, you could sit and just get all the credit cards you needed to
1: oh, wow. buy
0: the other things you needed for ne'er-do-wellism. I'm not saying I did this.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's interesting. Nevertheless, uh, I would be, I, You know, that's good. That's (laughs) definitely something that would be interesting. That would have been something very interesting to, I mean, not saying that I would ever do that, but that would be.
0: Well, and that's exactly when you're at Radio Shack, the people are always like, well, I can do this for hobby purposes. Just do not tell me what you're actually going to do with it. That became kind of a standard line with the guys at Radio Shack. I don't want to know what you're actually going to use this for. Yeah. 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 Oh, I had Radio Shack!
1: Moments like that, <laughs> yeah, I definitely. But Radio Shack it was a good time. That was a good
0: time. It sounds like know? it. It sounds like that was an inspiration for a lot of what you're doing.
1: I mean, it, in a sense, it was because you know, working where I love where I work, but you don't get to play with, you know, <laughs> computers. I mean, you get to use computers, but you don't get to play with computers, and you don't get to you know, play with phones and what have you, you know. So it's still something that is always going to be ingrained in me. It's like, you know, trying to teach people about the things that interest me, you know. So I think Radio Shack was a bit of a inspiration in my lifetime, if I do say so myself.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, the one part of your story is... Mm-hmm. Uh, the coming out process. Do you want to talk about that? So it was a little bit convoluted, if you will. And it's
1: very long, you know, a lot of people who deal with coming out, they say that they're always going to be coming out because of the people that are in your life and the people that come and go throughout your life, things like that. Right. However, you know, my story, it was, it's, I think it's kind of like starting again, if you will. Because, you know, in college, when you go to college, everybody finds themselves and what have you. Although I always knew, you know, who I was interested in or what I was interested in, things like that. I never really knew what the word was for it, right? However, in school, I learned, oh, so there's this thing, okay, So you can actually be straight, you can actually be gay, you can actually be lesbian, so on and so forth, right? But that's not necessarily something I really knew about until I went to college, you know. I found that there was a word for it. However, you have a lot of situations where you go to various places like the GSA and like groups and being around, you know, gay people and stuff like that. I didn't necessarily have it's not that I wasn't around gay people. The people that I was around weren't always the best influences in my life, you know? Sure. So what I happened to see was a lot of people who were dealing into, you know, negative things. And I'm like, oh, do I want to be dealing with that just because of, you know, who, who I want to be with or who I want to marry, stuff like that. And for a long time, I was like, no, I really don't because... If you see a lot of negativity around you and you deal with a lot of negative situations, you know, and, uh, you know, you don't you kind of want to just kind of walk back in. You never really can walk back in the closet, but, you know, you kind of want (laughs) to per se, you know, so I guess recently out it kind of was like a negative that a positive that came from a negative right so in dealing with more of the same like negative influences or not saying that everyone obviously in the LGBT community is negative it's just a lot of people that I happen to have dealt with were negative but um, in being I guess you can say outed in a particular situation at work you know I finally was like look you know, I'm gay. There's nothing anybody can do about it. There's nothing you could really say to change my mind, change my opinion, change my views towards life, you know? So either you need to get it through your head or we need to, you know, go our separate ways, right? And right. I did that, did it on Facebook, which was never a good plan, but <laughs> I was just super angry one day and it just happened. So it kind of, the, the goodness out of the whole situation started with like a phone call that I had from my sister just asking if she was okay, like if I was okay, what happened? I explained to her what happened. She's like, oh, well, it'll be okay, you know, but more and more people, coworkers, you know, my family members that I was afraid of talking to about this particular situation, um, you know, higher up, so on and so forth, you know, everybody was okay with my coming out, right? Um, You know, so it just, things are going better. There's less of a, you know, when coming out, you, I guess coming out part two, if you will, there are more positive influences on my life than there were in college, you know. In college, like I said, Mostly negative influences as part of my coming out story. But then the redo of said coming out story had more positive influences in my life. So it's not to say that I did. Well, although this Facebook, the, the, the Facebook debacle was pretty much a debacle. You know, I just.
0: Is that because ha- people people were seeing it in a non-personal way?
1: Yes, because it was like you're just blasting it out there. I said, well, what else am I going to do? (laughs) At this point, people asking, I think I dealt with a lot of people asking me because of the situation of being outed, if you will. People were asking me and I got fed up to the point where I just kind of blasted it out. Now, do I suggest that one blasts out such uh, topics like this? No, not at all. But I guess in a weird way, it kind of worked out for me.
0: So... Yeah. That's, that's
1: so, kind of what happened there.
0: So. Why 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 do you think uh what factors made part two uh what brought positive influences in there?
1: I think it was the fact that I well, part one in college. College was like all like ten years ago plus ten, fifteen years ago. No, it was probably about ten. Whatever. It was over ten years ago. Um and I was not, you know, very sure in who I am and what I, you know, wanted to do with my life. And I wasn't sure about basically anything. Right. Yeah. So being in such a place where you were just so unsure you know, you just gravitate to the first thing that comes to you. And usually you're gra- when you're gravitating to the first thing that comes to you, it's usually not a good thing. It, you could be very lucky if it's a good thing that gravitates towards you, you. But at least my experience is there were a lot of people that were, um, what's the word for it? Ne- they were negative, but they were just looking to, you know, capitalize on a... You know, on a um,
0: someone that seemed damaged or right. injured. Yeah, sure.
1: Pretty much, yeah, and I and I dealt with a lot of that. Now, you know, added to just recently. Now, of course, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm definitely not a perfect person. However, I've grown a lot from those t- days in college. You know grown into an actual adult you know not just an adult by birth certificate I've grown into an actual adult so you make better choices and you're not well you still may have a bit of damage you're not dead you know completely damaged and you still have a way to stay strong through everything that you're dealing with so with that I had more um, positive influences and positive people grant you know uh gravitating towards me you know and less not to say that there are always negative influences somehow some way there's always (laughs) something negative in your life but there is more positive you know than negative which made me happy
0: so as far as i can tell every single person is damaged it's just a matter of how far on the outside they wear it Exactly. And people who I... people who to whom it's obvious that someone's damaged and that that's who they're attracted to mm-hmm. also tend to be wearing their damage on the outside. Yet it, they it's like a magnetic attraction. Like for me as an addict, if I walk into a room, the first person to gravitate to me is almost always another addict. If there's another addict, they it, they just they sense me. It's 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 yeah. a given for me.
1: Yeah, I'll agree. I'll, I'll agree to that. Um I know there's a recent situation where a recent person I'm still you know trying to be there for for her and everything like that, you know, but I made the attempt of going on like online dating or what have you. And um and what's funny is the first person that actually reached out to me has a lot of struggles in her life as well and I said, "Yeah, I'll be there for you, you know, like a homie or whatever, but nothing else past that because you are a little bit, you know, the damage is definitely very visible and it's very visible, you know, with yeah. what she's, you know.
0: Yeah, it can be a lot. Image. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that part of the story. Oh, for sure. Sure. This episode of Systematic is brought to you by Text Expander, helping you communicate smarter. Create snippets for things you type or copy and paste all the time and expand them with just a short abbreviation. Uh, You can make snippets for short things that you use constantly, like email addresses, website addresses, uh, today's date. And make snippets for long things that you use regularly, like directions, reference requests, proposals, answers to common questions. Summon these snippets in any app on Mac, Windows, iPhone, and iPad using a short abbreviation. Or search for them while you're typing using a hotkey personalize your responses using fill-in fields like dear blank and then when you expand it you get to fill in what goes in the blanks. so you could have dear name and then fill in your customer's name and have a personalized snippet and power up your whole team by sharing your snippets visit textexpandercom podcast for 20 percent off your first year thanks to smile and text expander for sponsoring systematic that brings us to about time for our top three picks where hopefully this conversation will continue into our favorite things for the week. Yes. So we'll go back and forth, one pick at a time, starting with you.
1: All right. So, you know, what I've dealt, or I think my first one would be, you know, just the idea of co-working spaces because that's with the whole, with what's going on with the tech homies, I've learned a lot more about the, You know, allure and the benefits and the advantages of co working spaces, and you know, having sort of an incubator to get various creative minds together to think of or to come up with something amazing, you know. So, you know, the two places that I've been mainly spending my time in with respect to the nonprofit. Is like I said, the Pontiac Tribe, which is a co-working space that just that was just um, established. I think it was established in February of this year. Either February of, it was either February of this year or sometime late last year. Um, that's a space where you see a lot of amazing creatives. You know, like they. I think there's like Mitten Made and like Metro Mode and things like that. A lot of creatives coming together to create amazing things, work together. The other space that we're going to start having classes in and whatnot, I believe it's the, the WeCo Work space. There's going to be tons of buildings and stuff like that, you know, but it gives me more, I, I'm around more creatives, and it's more inspirational these days than what I was dealing with before, which is just me trying to figure stuff out by myself, you know. Yeah. So it's been pretty sweet.
0: That that pretty. does sound appealing. Like my yeah. my only co-working space is going over to hang out on my buddy, my buddy's porch or up in his office, but mm-hmm. we have no like real gathering space. There are plenty yeah. of coders in this town. There are mm-hmm. plenty of writers in this town, but there's no w- w- coffee houses, but those don't really count because you really you're working in proximity to other people who are very likely not doing anything that you're interested in
1: right yeah the you.
0: idea of having like uh, an erstwhile community I, I like i like the idea never gotten to try it though
1: well create no yeah i was gonna say no, i'm talking it's... to the right
0: person help me yeah, build one <laughs> create
1: i will get this off the ground next stop we'll go to minnesota there you go it'll be amazing it'll be fun
0: all right <laughs> So my first pick is an app, and I've actually talked about this type of app before, and this is yet another in a series. It's called Magic Plan, and it's an AR measuring tool for laying out floor plans. Uh, So you, you pick it up and you point it at your feet until it registers, and then you just point it at each corner of your room. It's got a button so you can tell it where the doors are. And then just by basically scanning the room and tapping when you're at a corner, it measures it, gives you a blueprint style floor plan, and then you can add other rooms and piece them together. And it's great, say, if you work at home and you want to write off you know, your office on your taxes, mm-hmm. it's an easy way to measure your entire house and get all your square footages and do the math. Um, and oh. this one just happens to be the most accurate one I've found yet.
1: Yeah, that's actually pretty awesome because I know I've tried a few, just not for any particular purpose, but just because it was apt to try and right. to try. Got to try them all out. <laughs> yeah, and I have tried a few, and I was like, "Wow, this is uh, this is not very accurate." But I'm as we speak, I'm downloading this now because this could actually work for um when i finally get the space together with what i'm working on as far as the tech homies so i'm literally downloading it now as we speak
0: and you can do like uh interior decoration stuff not with color but you can drag chairs into it you can move desks around in the rooms and see how things are gonna fit
1: yeah Handy. that would be that's definitely very handy so yeah I'm downloading it now. I'm going to check it out. Actually, I'll probably check it out this week. So thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what's your second pick?
1: Um, So I've used Trello lately, and it's been very helpful because with – this is all – I've noticed that all of my picks tend to focus around what I'm doing, which is pretty sweet. That is the idea, yes. Basically, (laughs) right. So the Trello app is – I think it's like project management. I'm not very good with project management apps. However, this has worked pretty well for me um, with the group of people that I'm working that I've been um, working with as far as the uh, nonprofit is concerned. I've had a lot of people come and go with this whole group so far, but it's easy to get everyone off on track with. Basically, in our group, it's like the cards that are put out for various things. Like we have a video game event coming in September. So I have cards and plans written out very clearly in the app for everyone to look at. So if a new person wants to join in, they can just look at the app because, you know, along with um, it, it can be hard to try and explain the same thing multiple times to multiple people. Sure. To make sure that they're all understanding, you know, but to have plans laid out very clearly for people to understand very clearly, it's been very helpful with what I've been doing lately. So, and um, the Trello, I think it's like with the Trello Gold, if you in invite people, you get one month of Trello Gold, <laughs> which is kind of sweet. So I was like, I think I'm at like six months. I was like, that's perfect. Nice. But So yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Have you ever
0: heard of MeisterTask?
1: No, not a clue. What is that?
0: That is, it's the service that I went to after Trello. Um, Oh. Like for me, the big selling point, I use an online mind mapping program called MindMeister Mm -hmm. and the same company makes MeisterTask. And so you can take a mind map, where you like brainstorm out a project and you can turn it into a Kanban like Trello style board with cards, and yeah, and I I it, you can have conversations on every card and then you get a dashboard where all all your projects show your latest comments and your latest uh, due due dates and everything. I'm I'm liking that, but I'm not saying you should switch. If Trello is working, Trello is a, a really cool app.
1: Yeah. Knowing me, I still will check it out because I like to just check yeah. out literally everything. It sounds so. like
0: that. Yeah. It sounds like I, I yeah. may just be giving you a whole bunch more work to do.
1: It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it works out. And that's, you know, I, I just find a little bit more time in between everything else. And But this, yeah. And I always like to check out app. People know that I usually will have more... More apps that one should have on their phone and only I'll only use like a third of the apps, which I know is bad, but it's fun to check out like new stuff whenever, you know, you come across. The
0: way I look at it is I write about apps and so it's kind of my job to try everything and I don't Mm -hmm. feel bad about the hundreds and hundreds of apps on my phone.
1: True, true. I do organize
0: them. I do purges once in a while.
1: I do every so often. If I I see an app
0: and I can't remember what it does, I usually just delete it right then.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But usually it's like if I see an app like what what exactly is this? What's the point of this? Why did I download this and then just delete it and then I'll just delete things, but then I may find another reason to use them again. So I'll read down it's just a it's a cycle.
0: That sounds very (laughs) familiar to me.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a cycle. However, with the the podcast, with different apps, I can now use, you know, talk about apps in the podcast. So it gives me even more reason to download hundreds of apps.
0: Now it's legit. It's all working out. So do you play any musical instruments? So
1: I can play piano a little bit. I used to play piano. I used to play a lot of musical instruments, like the piano. I used to play cello as well. I can still play a little bit of both. But um, nothing too, what do you call it, too extravagantly,
0: if you will. I I was hoping you would say no, because then it would mean you didn't have to download this next app. (laughs) <laughs> but my second pick is, it's an app that's been around for a long time. Uh, the latest version is awesome. It's called Capo.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it lets you load up any song from your, your music collection. And then it can analyze it and figure out what chords are in the song. And it basically pops up tab for you to play uh, on various instruments. And oh. also, you can control the speed without changing the pitch. So when you're trying to learn to play a song, you can slow it down to play along with it without mm-hmm. changing the pitch or the key at all, and it works really well.
1: Oh, that's kind of cool. They just switched;
0: be- they switch it to a, a subscription model. So now it costs ten bucks a year to use it, which is still, I mean, if you're using that's it, that's yet. that's great, uh, right? But you only get sixty seconds to try it out. You, oh. it, you, the it, like. You start playing a song so you can see how it works and there's a little countdown timer that tells you you have 60 seconds left in your trial and it just doesn't feel like enough. But <laughs> I was able to just restore a previous purchase so I didn't have to worry about it.
1: Oh, okay. Perfect. That might be something for that might be something for one of my fam- or my more musically inclined family members
0: yeah. to use. To well, teach they, my no, little Now dad. you have a recommendation for someone else.
1: That is perfect. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
0: All right. And your third pick?
1: So um, I know recently I've been listening again to Janelle Monae. Um, There's this one song called, uh, it's like Django Jane, which is pretty amazing. The rap is amazing. You know, the lyrics are amazing, and Janelle Monae is is amazing, you know, and it's not like, I like, I normally like a lot of pop, like, a lot of, like, pop-ish electronic music, some, for the most part, but I also like a lot of older music, but Janelle Monae just works beautifully with, um, you know, with basically, with everything that she does, you know what I mean, so... I've been listening to a lot of Janelle Monae lately. I'm trying to, Django Jane Jane is one of them. There's one that's kind of like a, it's her and Estelle called Do My Thing, which makes me happy, especially when I'm dealing with a lot of people that are trying to like get me down, if you will, then I'll just be like, you know, just whatever. I'm still doing my thing, no matter what you say, you know what I mean? So it's pretty awesome.
0: I, uh, you sent me this pick ahead of time, so I, I spent some time checking it out. Um yep. let's see, there was one song on Dirty Computer mm-hmm. that like the it, it would it was a it was a good kind of uh poppy song and then it would break at the chorus into something that sounded like it was straight off a Prince album. Mm-hmm. I I wish I had written down which <laughs> that's one that's right. that was. I like yeah. that. I think it's, I like that off of Dirty Computer. I'm going Maybe. to look
1: that up. I'm trying to remember.
0: Or Make Me Feel, one of those two. But it's the same okay. album as Django Jane.
1: Yep. Okay. So,
0: yeah. No, I, I checked it out. It is, it's really interesting to me. It, it doesn't fit into any, um, it's almost club music, but it's mm. got a little more soul than club music
1: it's mm-hmm. not quite
0: pop it and the lyrics tend to be uh i would say uh harsher
1: mhm yep.
0: than than standard like bubblegum pop and mm-hmm. the music is great yeah i liked it
1: yep i agree i agree and her performance uh, in uh, her performance in hidden figures was a beautiful was so beautiful did you see that movie i did not you have to watch it it's very I, oh, good Obviously, movie. I have to. I'll get yes, around to it. Yes, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So,
0: all right. Yeah. Um, so, my last pick actually ties into kind of yours as far as being musical anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I may have picked this guy before, but I've been listening to a lot of Lee Moses lately. You ever mm-hmm. listen to Lee Moses? No, what, His, what, is, what is this? He was considered the godfather of soul. Like, um, one of the first albums that was officially considered soul music in oh. the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I could read you a Wikipedia page, but you can also just look him up on Spotify. Lee Moses, the album Time and Place. Okay. Find that album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the song Time and Place is it's everything you need find oh. it listen he he the, uh, one of the first versions of hey joe that mm-hmm. jemi hendrix did mm-hmm. is on that album
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I think you'll like it i do i
1: just yep i found it and i will download it and play it after uh you know this uh, <laughs> later on this evening yep
0: i'll listen to some more janelle monae and you can listen yes. to lee moses it'll be fun it'll be,
1: be it'll be a beautiful moment yes it will
0: all <laughs> right so let's tell people where they can find you
1: so let's see on twitter it's the tech homie the lab is tech homies lab um i have a facebook page which is com slash um the tech homies um i'm spend the vast majority of my time on Twitter because apparently things just tend to happen there. And I've been able to reach out to a lot of people and also, you know, get in touch with a lot of people with respect to things that are going on in Pontiac and things that are going on as far as the tech scene is concerned, you know, um, I did have a website a while ago. I need to bring that back together because I switched it from the Tech Homie to the Tech Homies, but that's still under construction. Um, So that'll be at thetechhomies.com sooner rather than later. Um, And you can also find, if you look at the Pontiac, I'm sorry, look up the Pontiac Tribe podcast. We're basically everywhere that you know, everywhere that podcasts are able to be played. So yeah, that's about me right now. I'm kind of kind of hidden these days, but you can definitely find me on Twitter and you can definitely find the podcasts, um, the Pontiac Tribe podcast, wherever podcast can be played. And I'm so, showing
0: a Facebook page for Pontiac Tribe. Is that the same?
1: Yep. That would be the Facebook page for the Pontiac Tribe. Um, I haven't done as much. I will be doing more with that. I've been focusing more so with the podcast. Um, But, yeah, you can definitely find more information about the Pontiac Tribe there. Um, And I'm doing a little bit with the Young Entrepreneur Squad as well. I believe there's a Facebook page for that. So basically a lot of Pontiac linked things you'll somehow find my name somewhere in there as well so
0: all right awesome well thank you this has been a, a delightful conversation
1: yes it's been very fun it's been awesome thank you for having me
0: my pleasure and uh thanks everyone for listening we'll see you all in a week I want to let you know about a great opportunity for automation fans. It's the Command D Down Home Scripting Boot Camp this October, taught by two legendary scripters, Sal Segoyan and Ray Robertson. You can jumpstart your automation productivity in three days of intensive scripting education with limited class sizes, hands-on exercises, and plenty of personal attention. This course is designed for scripters of all levels, from someone new to scripting on macOS to the experienced scripter hungry for more. Since it's in the Atlanta area and southern hospitality is a thing, you'll be well fed in the evening before diving into iOS, Siri shortcuts, and the latest updates in scripting. The Command-D Down-Home Scripting Bootcamp will be held October 15th through 17th. Learn more at commanddconf.com, that's c m d c o n dot And if you use the code systematic, you can get the advanced entry for $200 off. So tell your boss that you'll need to skip work for a few days in order to get way more work done. They won't regret it, and if they're smart, they'll even pay for it. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Systematic. You can find me at brettterpstra.com and as TTScoff on every platform, including Facebook, Twitter, GitHub, Last.fm, and probably a bunch you've never heard of. Just search for TTSCOFF. You can also find Systematic on Twitter, so to tweet at me and my guest, and for updates and announcements, follow Systemcast, s y s t m c a s t. If you're loving Systematic, don't forget to go leave an inspiring iTunes review. Thanks for listening.